0: Welcome to Network Special Episode Twenty One Today is a doozy. Um, My name is Nathan.
1: And my name's Zachariah. And in the booth, we have our producer... Jeremy
0: Demery. The story that riveted the nation. The events that gripped the media. The explosive tragedy that held America hostage is now on videocassette. Yes. And today, we are talking about everybody's favorite religion, the Branch Davidians.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, it's time for a rollicking, humorous episode as we talk about <laughs> In the Line of Duty, Ambush in Waco, a TV movie that yes. played May 23rd, 1993 on NBC. Uh, it is all about David Koresh and the Branch Davidians and the tragedy at Waco. So get ready for a rollicking good time. <laughs> we uh, A little peek behind the curtain, we we record two episodes in a row. We just got done talking about a cartoon about uh, tiny dogs called the Biscuits. And now we get to talk about one of the greatest tragedies <laughs> in US history. Uh, if this oh, is really? the first episode that you you're put- listening to, uh, <laughs> then maybe choose
0: another one for your first one. I don't know how <laughs> hysterical this one's going to you- be. Can we say you put this, you put the Waco uh, event in the top tragedies of American history? Mm,
1: I think that in terms of people ingesting it all at the same time, and it's something that was so avoidable, like we're not talking about a natural disaster.
0: Okay. So you put this higher than. CRT in schools <laughs> CRT. teaching ch- 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 you put this higher teaching, theory. Theory. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny
1: because I've, I've never heard it called CRT but I'm sure that people in Florida <laughs> just use it as their instead of swearing they say CRT if they stub their toe on <laughs> something
0: yeah when, when, when uh, all the Kubrick games down here when Kubrick dies it just it puts a little like squiggly line and then the word CRT the letter CRT <laughs> uh yeah no i get it i get i get i understand why this i I guess i don't i still don't fully grasp the waco story in terms of um how it all went down and was the government in the right you know what i mean like
1: I, well that's part I, of the i still haven't reason why this is such a compelling story it's a compelling story now i don't know that this TV movie makes the most compelling case, but I think it is a, a <laughs> interesting story to always look back on. It's interesting that you said, oh, you think that this was a bigger deal than that because I remember this special being announced very, very clearly because this was when um, NBC was in a giant ratings slump and they decided okay. that they were going to make Three made-for-TV movies about the three most recent calamities on the news. It was. It was going to be all okay.
0: aired in the same week. Oh, and this is this is like in the line of duty is the series, right?
1: Uh, I be- I believe it may have been because there yeah, was so this- one special about Hurricane Andrew. Mm-hmm. There was one special about the World Trade Center bombing. Okay. And there was the last special was this one about Waco and okay. they were made very soon after uh, the, the things occurred. In fact, this special was written and being filmed before the uh, Branch Davidian compound burned down. This was so ri- during the standoff. Yes. This was filmed mid standoff because the standoff Wait. was 51 oh. days. So, Wait a
0: second. Um, <laughs> so, where, when they were filming, did they know that they were going to eventually film the burning of the place?
1: Uh, they don't film the burning of the place. They have at the very end. They show oh, the news footage right. of it burning wh- down.
0: Wh- where does it end? Where does it end?
1: L- uh, let's say let's let's in case you are not super familiar with this, let's just kind of say in broad strokes what America had seen on their their TVs at this point. Okay. Uh, generally, the story that people got was in Waco, Texas, there was a cult leader named David Koresh who was leading Mm -hmm. a group, a splinter group of Seventh-day Adventist Christians who called themselves Mm -hmm. the Branch Davidians. The Branch Davidians believed that it was the end times that David Koresh believed himself to be, uh, he called himself the sinner Messiah, one of the true Mm. incarnations of Jesus who knew the sins of man but was going to bring along the end days. He was obsessed with Revelations stuff and with doomsday prophecy. The mm-hmm. government said, "You're, uh, you have illegal firearms. You're abusing kids. You're sexually abusing kids. We uh, we are going to to break into your compound. They didn't announce this. They just did it because they 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 kept on investigating, getting the guy investigating the guy." and they couldn't find anything that they could pin him down for so finally they get a search warrant and broke into the compound right and then the big debate is whether the uh ATF this was which this is the ATF going in not the FBI yeah. the big right. debate was whether the, the Vidians fired on the ATF and the ATF shot back or that the ATF was shooting up the buildings and the Davidians were defending themselves from their own property. Right. Um, ATF members four were killed, some were wounded, and I believe seven mm-hmm. people in the compound died. Then what happened is the, the Davidians said, we're not coming out, you can't get us out of here. And what began was the longest standoff hostage, negotia- hostage negotiation in U.S. history, which was 51 days, and it ended with the FBI uh, okaying tanks to ram into the building, tearing it apart, shooting tear gas into the building. And at some point, the building catches fire. The government maintained that it was the Davidians who set fire to their own building. Other people say... It was a combination of, of the tanks smashing into something and all the gas being put in there that it ignited the place. Almost everyone who remained in the compound died in the fire. A couple people got out. Yeah. A lot of people died. A lot of children died. It was very, very tragic. Um, and then this long process started where people were trying to figure out did the government have a leg to stand on in terms of what they did? Um, there was a lot of spinning in, in, in terms of things. Um, you know, it's it's Texas, so it's the most don't tread on me style state. So a lot of yeah. people were coming up and saying it was their right, it was their property. But because of how Texas kind of is, they were sort of getting blown off a little bit in the, or a lot hmm. in the media. But when this came out, when this was being scripted and filmed, we were in the middle of the standoff. So they didn't know how this whole thing was going to end. NBC just wanted this movie out and out while it was still current. And so it was really controversial when it came out because people were saying, is this just profiteering? You know, we really don't have this investigated and you're telling the story as though this is all wrapped up. So it's a a fascinating <laughs> piece of television yeah. in the fact that they were just like kind of predicting or connecting dots as best they could. Right. It's very uh, pro-cop. No kidding. I mean, the way that this got, I'm assuming, greenlit and the way that they were kind of sidestepping the fact that this was uh, a ratings grab based on what wound up being a tragedy is that they they spun this. I mean, the, the line of the, the I'm sorry, the title of this special is in the line of duty colon ambush in Waco, meaning this is a tribute to the fallen soldiers of the ATF and to the people in law enforcement that way they can say, well, this is meant to honor their memory as opposed to th- this is a, a cash grab <laughs> based on this <laughs> wacky story that everybody's watching unfold right now.
0: So w- one thing that's in, in uh, this is not interesting, but like, it seems like online it is either said as in the line of duty ambush in Waco or ambush in Waco in the line of duty. I see it written both hmm. ways. So I'm trying to figure out, I feel like when I initially read like what you said about there being three movies, I feel I felt like this was a story, but maybe, may, maybe there, maybe in the line of duty, isn't the name of a series of movies. Maybe I'm thinking of something else, but
1: maybe, I mean, it's, it's on the poster I'm looking at. It's in line of duty. Yeah. Ambush in Waco. Same here, yeah.
0: Um, can we say Tim Daly as David Koresh is great?
1: He's good. He's very good. He looks, I mean, like, he's he not looks going to... like him for sure. Yeah. I mean, he's a hunkier version of him. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Tim Daly from Wings plays <laughs> David Koresh and he's good. I mean, he's not in, in tooth nasher mode. I don't know how many like, levels they're asking him to play at. He's usually just played uh, like intense preaching or intensely trying to convert people. But it it does help that he's, he has enough charisma that he can show him as a a person who um, people might be attracted to. You're right. As opposed to just like a villain Svengali, like kind of like,
0: uh, you know, screaming at people all the time. I mean, in the, In the show, like in this movie, they don't make it – like I don't get the sense that the women were enamored with him in in terms of – at least the show makes it feel like they were like – like some of the people were like, it makes my stomach hurt to think that I would have to sleep with him. Um, so do you, do you, do you think that that is something the screenwriter put in there as a way to make him more of a villain or did the women in the real cult really like, you know, were they like enamored with him and would have done it, would, would have done that and weren't sick to their stomach about it?
1: So you're talking about the fact that Koresh kind of just took a bunch of people as his women, as his wife, yeah. as as happens right. a lot in cults, where suddenly the the leader gets a great idea, which is <laughs> every woman should sleep with me, including it's always like young young like children. Like, like,
0: <laughs> yeah, he never opens with that. <laughs> yeah, cult leaders never open with oh, by the way, everyone's my wife now. Like right. it's always right. like like ten years in. And we've built a commune on the moon. There's no return. Oh, and by the way, you are now all my wives, including your daughters. Right. <laughs> and you're like, oh, wait, I can't get back home. I can't leave now. <laughs> I think that...
1: So I know a big reason why he said he wanted to have... He wanted to have 24 children by women that he chose because those children that he had were going to be the ruling elders of the new world, that's what mm-hmm. he his goal was um did all were all the women into it? I mean, they're all individuals. I'm sure some of them were just going along with it, and they thought he was great. you know he's this guy who you know he's a good looking enough i mean he's he's charismatic enough to lead people um he played guitar. He could, he he could get people to who were just, I mean, cult leaders are great at finding people who are just lost and aimless and looking for something to, to follow.
0: And I'm sure there's a guy in the show that is a perfect example of that. Like, uh, the one guy who, uh, really is there to, he's really, he joined the cult to, 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 uh, you know, sleep with this girl. (laughs) Yeah. So there's a character you know who's supposed about? to be like
1: the everyman who like apparently goes from knowing nothing about Christianity, including what the word saved means.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and decides to move
1: into the this compound. Um I I I think that something that nobody understands completely or, or it just it, it never seems to come across. So many times, and I don't care what religion you're talking about, but people who get involved with this kind of thing really think they're doing the right thing. And they really want to please God or or go along with the group. Because, I mean, I've been in groups—I'm not going to get too deep into it. I was not in a doomsday cult, but I was in a group (laughs) for a year in Texas, an hour away (laughs) from Waco— And it was all Christians, and it was all, like, teens, for the most part, living together. And, you you know, there wasn't, like, leaders abusing us or anything like that. But it was super weird, and there were people who left, or they wanted to leave. And if you talked about that, everyone would treat you as though you were abandoning the will of God, and you were being— Weak, And you were just, you know, listening to yourself and you weren't listening to the Holy Spirit. And even though I would say none of the people who I was with were were malicious or actively abusing, it's amazing when you're in that kind of environment where everybody else is saying something different. I don't care how strong your willpower is or how much you feel like you have... um, individual opinions it's extremely hard to go against all of your friends when you're removed from the rest of society including like television or radios which they didn't have that in the compound you know they're they're not getting news all of their information is coming from their leader so were women psyched to do that I'm sure some were but I think that it's just kind of like it's, it's a maybe it was a sacrifice for God
0: I feel like the movie um, tries a lot harder to find um, bad stuff about him. Although, no, there's plenty of bad stuff about him. What I mean is, I think the movie is trying really hard to understand why people joined it. The movie makes it seem as though he
1: is a a religious evil mastermind who is there to like sleep with 14-year-olds and, and get everybody on his side and just stockpile ammunition. And I, I mean, obviously, this guy was twisted. He was delusional. I'm I'm sure he sexually abused people. I bet that he over-disciplined children. Now, this mm-hmm. made-for-TV movie, it, I think it paints him as a lot cleverer than he really was. I mean, in the movie, the first thing you see <laughs> yeah. is that – he's trying to get people to move in with him. Then he tells a 15 year old girl that he's going to give her his seed. And then it shows him like throwing a child in a, 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 uh, you know, a storehouse shed. Yes. A shed filled with rats. Like I don't, I haven't read any accounts of that kind of thing now. And I am not defending David Koresh for, for having like, you know, gone too far with that kind of thing. It, one thing in terms of like the mastermind, I've seen interviews with him. I've seen him speaking. He kind of seems just like a a charismatic, just kind of dork <laughs> who <laughs> has memorized the Bible, is really good at talking, can just talk Bible forever and can just talk 15 to hours. Yes. He could preach for like <laughs> six hours. I can't imagine. But, uh, I don't think he was a genius. Um, and I, I, I think that, uh,
0: He would have been like a really great radio guy. (laughs) Like just, you know, that he can just, just go and go and go like, Oh, riff, riff, man, riff. Well, well here, here was the other thing I was
1: going to say in Texas, especially this, this kind of thing happens a lot. Other people over quote, over-disciplining their kids. Yeah. <laughs> like, are there <laughs> yeah. crazy pre- preachers who talk about doomsday and they have, like, people who they're way too controlling over? Yeah, there there are. We just don't hear about them or they're not having the government, like, stand outside their house. So right. I, I don't think he was, like, such a genius Satan that he was a, any more of a threat than there are... Hundreds of styles of David Koresh's all
0: across America. Do you think if the government doesn't um, ambush them or whatever, the government doesn't come in, that they just nothing happens with these guys? Like, are they ever brought to justice? What I mean is, like, if the government never. takes down you know takes down the whole place, just doesn't do anything because they're buying these guns legally, and everything's fine yeah um does the is it just another gun <laughs> storing religion yes, or do they eventually start to take action?
1: well, I mean, there were people leaving here's the thing is that as much as people were saying like oh, they couldn't leave, they were under his his spell under his mind control. people did leave like yeah
0: they show they were, them in they, this
1: they were made to feel like garbage but they did leave and they, they were reporting it to the police
0: so it so okay how so if this guy's writing this while it's happening
1: yeah
0: how is he getting f- accounts from people who have already left like how or is he just making stuff up like where is he getting this information so
1: um we can go kind of go back and forth in this a little bit there is a fantastic essay that the writer of this movie Phil Penningroth uh Penningroth wrote and he wrote an essay called writing Waco confessions of a Hollywood propagandist and he regrets writing this screenplay and he talks about how they would try to get information from the government who was basically stonewalling they didn't want to like Harassed the members of the families of the ATF members who had died because it had been like a week since their family member had been shot (laughs) to death Um, and they would talk to ex-Branch Davidians excuse me, but as the writer says it was very hard to get a bead on exactly a, a clear picture because the Branch Davidians were obviously angry with this group and he would say sometimes I would get these stories and they just wouldn't like it would seem a little bit overblown. So the writer of this was trying to get oh, okay. news reports, so whatever they could bring out of the government spokespeople and then ex branch dividends And then also try to like contact, uh, Koresh's, you know, high school friends or call his mom or whatever, and then rely on, you know, trust in the fact that they would want to talk to a guy who said, I'm writing a TV movie about this.
0: Is it verified that he abused kids?
1: Um. Yes. There was okay. a, oh. I, I want to say she was, f- I'm going to get this wrong. She, she is either 10 or 14. But uh, during hearings later on when they were investigating the FBI, she got up and talked about how uh, Koresh had uh, raped her basically yeah, molested okay. her.
0: All right. Because I was going to say, like... No, he was not no, clean from that. Okay. I was going to say, because if no, then who cares? I don't care what he's doing over there. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. But if... What's that? I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. But but no, now now I'm like, okay, yeah. I mean, I don't want anyone stockpiling guns, but if it's legal, then what can you do about that? <laughs> and it was very hard but to... Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was hard to figure out, like, if if they were finding everything they had you know they were doing they were also buying bits and pieces and they were <coughs> assuming that they were combining them into deadly weapons I mean they do say on here they were buying grenade hulls and then buying other things and assuming well if he combines this and this together then the grenades will be active were the grenades okay. active no idea it's possible yeah But Can you buy a grenade legally? Yeah. I mean, you can go to the Army-Navy store. Well, not an active one, but I can go to the Army-Navy store. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can buy a a dead grenade or a hull of a grenade legally without a a license.
0: So he, in this, they touch on his, um, (laughs) this is another, this seems to be another theme of cult leaders is that they really want to be rock stars. Yeah and so they show him playing some songs <laughs> are the songs in this real songs from him
1: tragically they are not real songs oh, written by David it. Koresh but they the guy who wrote it which is the same guy who wrote the theme to the X-Files uh, okay. as well as a bazillion other things um, he nails late 80s Christian rock <laughs>
0: yeah right
1: these songs all sound yeah. like they could be singles on some Christian bookstore shelves
0: yeah Uh and you sent me some of his real songs and uh yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe I'd join him. <laughs> I <laughs> he was no Charlie
1: Manson, but he was okay. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's I mean it's pretty basic stuff. It doesn't have that That's what I mean when I say like you watch interviews with him and you're like, Oh, this guy is insufferable and he's an egomaniac and he is probably like a crazy disciplinarian when he gets in the mood. But he's not like that Charles Manson vibe where you're listening to Charles Manson and you go, whoa, this guy is a lot. (laughs) It's a a different uh, vibe. Um, One thing about this movie right off the bat that I noticed is this is a very wig-intensive movie. Everyone in the branch of apparently was issued a wig that looks like it's out of an improv team's sweaty box.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's got like... Uh yeah because it's like someone someone accidentally cut too much off the front of the wig <laughs> but they but they still have to wear it yeah so they're trying to like kind of move it around at the top of their head um
1: yeah I mean to get into the special it it's kind of funny <laughs> it's kind of funny it's kind of funny that this is being sold on the idea that we're honoring these uh, guys who were in the ATF unit because the movie will take you back and forth from being with Koresh in... Uh, we kind of we kind of uh, swoop in probably a month or two before the ambush on Waco mm-hmm. and it ends directly after the ATF raid. So in the movie, we're going back and forth between Koresh and the compound... And then the members of the ATF team, which are led by the dad from the Wonder Years. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And you have the kind of problem that's almost like in a Batman movie sometimes where the villain is so much more interesting than the hero problem Mm -hmm. because you have Koresh and it's this crazy stuff happening. It's this cult and he's this, you know, very, uh, uh, you know, compelling figure in this evil way yeah. and then you go to the law enforcement sequences and it's a snooze because it's just <laughs> yeah. i mean apparently when you join the atf and nathan it's just it's pretty chill
0: you have like yeah, everyone's just ma- cracking jokes on each other playing pranks.
1: jokes making gumbo uh <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> drawing caricatures <laughs> with little kids you know it's uh so, c- celebrating uh 100 raids Yeah. Oh, okay. This got me genuinely uh, upset because Dad from the Wonder Years who heads the ATF, one of the first things we get is he says, I'm going, I want the media to be able to cover our raids because I want people to see that we're the good guys and it'll help people identify the bad guys and this will be a great tool. And they, they show how well it works and, oh goodness, isn't this wonderful? And then it's never really touched on after that. And I thought to myself, what a odd starting point to show. And then after the fact, when I'm doing research on this, I found out that a way that they, they, they kind of figured that the Davidians knew that the raid was coming on the day And they realized, Mm -hmm. and the reason why they were ready with weapons is because the media and all these camera crews were alerted to the raid. So they showed up to film outside the compound. So, of course, if you're in this compound of incredibly neurotic doomsday preppers and (laughs) they see the media lining up around the perimeter of their home, what do
0: you think they're going to do? Right. They make it so it seems like it's the media's fault when they're the ones who invited the media in the first place.
1: Or it gives them a justification. I took it as a justification of this is why we had the media there. This was a regular thing. And it was, yes, and it's good that the media is is there to capture these moments. I got you. Did you notice James Marston was one of the uh, (laughs) ATF guys? It was his first role, I I guess.
0: I... At a glance, I recognized that it was him. I thought, oh, it looked like James Marsden. I thought, yeah, but I was like, well, that's not him. <laughs> and then when I was scrolling through the Plex yeah. like actor list, I was like, oh, James, it was him.
1: Yeah, before he became best friends with Sonic the Hedgehog,
0: <laughs> and who and who was he in this? Just someone who's making fun of the black woman cop. <laughs> like, that seems to be that seems to be what all of the the guys are doing. Like she, she just gets dumped on left and right. I this. believe he's one of the guys who gets uh, killed. On the ATF
1: team. Oh, okay. oh, now don't you feel? Oh, terrible? not in real
0: life. Okay, okay. I thought. No, you, no, no. Okay. No. <laughs> I, was <gonna> say, okay. <laughs> I mean, these this uh, movie. Hmm. What, what about the guys who, um, the two cops who infiltrate the? Oh, religion? yeah,
1: those two cops who are supposed to be grad students and they're forty-five. And then they yeah. go into the <laughs> Davidian uh what about them?
0: is that a true is that true? It's
1: true I mean they were gathering okay. information they planted microphones all over the compound okay hmm yeah I mean what yeah we there's kind of like the the story in the Davidian side of the the movie is that uh Quresh's, you know Taking more and more control over the women's lives, they show him mm-hmm. you know screaming at children, and then he says he,
0: he says they are not allowed to sleep with their own husbands because they will be considered fornicators because he is now their husband,
1: yeah, I mean he very well may have said that at some point. I don't know, I haven't found that in anything. I mean there's a million no. arbitrary rules like you couldn't eat anything that had milk in it, and there was even stuff like Uh, you could eat an apple and a banana together, but you couldn't eat a banana and an orange together. Like Mm. super specific. Women's shirts had to like cover their rears. You couldn't wear makeup. All the kind of just like increasingly petty, crazy stuff that cult leaders slowly start demanding. But in this story, we see the man who joined, who was rudderless and didn't know anything about christianity and now he is a hardcore you know zealot for koresh who believes in the way and then there is another couple who is in koresh's band who feels unsure about the direction the branch civilians are going on they leave and start trying to warn law enforcement that koresh is dangerous and abusing people
0: now that guy who um that guy who plays that character, he's a famous uh, actor now, too. Um, are you about
1: uh, Neil McDonough, who plays the, the zealot yes. guy?
0: Yes. Yes. I
1: would... Dis- also, go on. Oh, he's on so many shows, and they're all shows yeah. that are incredibly popular, and I've never seen an episode of, like, he's in Band of Brothers, Suits, Justified, Desperate Housewives. Yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, Jerry Ryan, Mm -hmm. um, is in this, and she plays one of, she plays the mother of one of his children, the 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 boy that gets put into the rat house, uh, the rat house, yeah. Um, From Star Trek, who else is in? Yeah, and she's in Star Trek. Um, Anyone else on besides Marsden?
1: So, William O'Leary, who is the guy who leaves with his wife, uh, somebody else told me very excitedly that he plays (laughs) Tim Taylor's brother on Home Improvement.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hold on. They were really excited about that fact? They were really excited about it. Who who was this? (laughs) (laughs) My friend Michelle was very excited about it. Spill the beans.
1: My friend Michelle... Um, what a revelation, huh?
0: Re- <laughs> yeah, friend of the show. <laughs> oh,
1: and uh, Deborah Jo Rupp, who is in that '70s show.
0: Yes, and also Richard McGonigal, who is who I recognize from. Um, I don't know. <laughs> very fair, very famous. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I believe you. <laughs> fair. No, it looks like he did some <laughs> care. Uh, car- he was also in Star Trek <laughs> oh okay
1: well he has 188 credits as an actor so I'm, yeah. I'm sure Let's he go was through in something them one by one
0: <laughs> okay, all right. listener get comfortable <laughs> uh, he also plays the voice of Sully on, uh, on the Uncharted video game series
1: oh okay Yeah, um, uh, and of course the
0: dad of the dad of uh, Wonder Years of course like we already mentioned right? him yeah um, lots of, li- lots of kind of big TV people later on. Look up the Branch
1: Davidians flag because Branch Davidians oh, have been I around since this. the thirties. And at first it looks like the star of David if it was a sperm.
0: Yes. That's what I thought too. I was like, is that a sperm? And no, then- <laughs> it's it's just
1: a happy eel bursting through a star.
0: <laughs> right. It's a snake, right? That's a snake, right? Uh, oh Yeah. Depicting a star of David pierced by a serpent upon a blue and white field. Yeah. This image was made from a sketch drawn from news footage of the siege. Um, Oh, that was shown during city in fear. Okay. So at the end of the day, the main crime is that he's raping these people. (laughs) People. Are Are you talking about in real life? Yeah. In real life. And, Um, but other than that, this is just another regular old church in Texas. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you're saying.
1: (laughs) I mean, as, as far as we know, so the way, I mean, I guess we should say the way the movie kind of progresses is boy. Oh boy. I mean, it just, it, it just drags out like seeing a day in the life of the compound and then the cops talking about, should we do anything? And then the last 10 minutes is the raid on the compound and knowing what we know now, this is all in hindsight and this is all stuff that the guy who wrote the movie talks about. So, and there's also a documentary, a non, a non conspiracy theory actually verified by trial documentary that talks about this stuff. Okay. When ATF goes up to the compound and it, person with the with the battering ram David Koresh comes out of the house he has a automatic assault rifle over his shoulder he goes back in the house and he tells everyone they're coming cut to every single person in the compound like pistol packing grannies just Dick (laughs) Tracy style laying out bullets out of the walls of the house at the ATF
0: and for those of you who knows Zachariah. Any chance he can get to reference Dick Tracy, he will. I could have pictured flat top,
1: <laughs> little face, <laughs> shoulders, all side by side, firing on the uh, on the ATF. Uh, in reality, this is one of the most controversial things because mm. that's what they said uh, happened. The Davidians said... Koresh looked outside. He was unarmed, and he ran back in when he saw what was going to happen. There was videotape taken of the, the uh, rush on the compound. The videotape for all of, of, of the ATF going into the compound and the report are all mysteriously gone. So there is zero way to prove anything. other side. Of course. And everything else somehow survived, except for this incredibly important piece of information from two different sources. (laughs) So So that got me really upset when I saw that they put the gun over his shoulder in this because there's just, it's all conjecture. (laughs) And the show ends with um, a ceasefire while ATF gather. They're dead and they're injured and they drive away to take care of them. And then the last minute of the movie is them sta- uh, showing footage of the compound burning down
0: and saying mm-hmm. how many people's lives were lost. And so that, okay, so I must have been kind of dozing off at the end here. Mm. That was actual footage.
1: That's actual footage.
0: Yes. Yeah, at the end there, yeah. yeah. And you can see like a very quick clip. It's like a split second of four or five members being cuffed. Right, in orange jumpsuit. Yes, yes, yes,
1: yes. And uh, the the big <sighs> thing that comes out is that if if the reason I called it such a tragedy is it's been stated multiple times, if David Koresh was the problem, and I would agree that he was, mm-hmm. there were so many chances they could have arrested him. He went outside the compound to to jog. Like, he was out in the community. Yes. They could have grabbed him. Instead, they wound up killing all these people who were just
0: kind of, for the most part, dopey sheep. D- don't they try to explain this away in the movie? Because th- one, at one point they say something like, he's always down at, at this or that. We could go get him there. Like, d- someone says something like that in the movie – But then they say something like, "Oh, well, if we do that, we can't." You know, there's something like, like I feel like they they tried to make it out like, no, we need. Well, oh, they said they said we can't do it because he knows now, so he isn't out and about as much anymore. Yeah, but you. That's what they say.
1: That's what they say, but they and they also hammer home on the fact that people keep, you know, they show a million montages of people shooting and constructing yeah. giant weapons and talking about how they would die for Koresh. And right. did that happen? I, I don't know. It it might have. It's a, it's a probably a case-by-case case scenario where all those people need to be tried individually as opposed to everyone who they took from the compound got thrown in prison for murder.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, if you... If a cop is killed, all all the rules go out the window.
1: Absolutely. I mean, there's footage of people who are trying to get news footage uh, after all this, and ATF is just screaming at them and trying to take their cameras from them. You know, then the FBI got involved, and then they they called uh, Delta Force, which is like a step up from the Marines to get involved, which they denied, and then it turned out it was true. They were firing on them with machine guns from helicopters, (laughs) which they denied, and then they found a videotape of it, so they had to admit to it. There's just so much that was done badly, and I realize it was a situation that had never happened before in that scale. I I like to hope everyone was doing their best, but uh, I think ego gets in the way, especially when you're talking about different government agencies that famously hate working with each other and are very competitive with each other. Oh my gosh. So it was, it's a mess. It's a mess. David Crush, horrible person. Uh, mm-hmm. Branch Davidians, bad idea. Boo, don't do it. But at the same time, I think this was a, a huge misstep, and I want to... So the guy who wrote this, th- it's a longer article. I highly encourage everybody to read it. It's, it's really, it's pretty amazing. Um, you can find a link to it from
0: the Wikipedia page, right?
1: Yes. It is on killing mm. at the bottom of the page. Um, so he, he went back, he wanted to write, he tried to pitch a movie where he, he wanted to write an, a new script that he felt would be a more uh, a fair depiction or he wanted to show things that we now knew. No movie studio was interested, so he said, okay, I'm going to write a play. So he started doing research and he went down to Waco and he started trying to meet with people who were involved with Branch Davidian or were adjunct to Branch Davidian. And a bunch of people agreed Like they were, they seemed uneasy about it, but they finally uh, agreed to it. And this is a, a paragraph whenever he meets one of the women who were in the branch Davidian who got out before the final tank raid. After telling them who I was and why I was there, that's what I asked for, meaning permission to do the play. Graciously, they gave it, but gracious didn't mean easy. One Hispanic woman at the end of the table spoke up. Her family had seen ambush in Waco and taking it as truth blamed her for introducing several relatives to Koresh's cult an involvement that led to their deaths in the fire. Ever since the movie aired, her family had shunned her. I do forgive you. She told me, but I want you to know that your movie destroyed my life.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Uh, which is a lot. Um, yeah. So I, 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 I get that the person who wrote this was just going off of whatever information they had. But yeah. this kind of cash grab movie still gets made. And yeah, they're just like dopey TV movies, but they always bother me for this exact reason. Because if you rush through something, you're going to be making a lot of it up. And it's really, yeah. really hard, no matter how much you know that these are actors, no matter how much you know that it's a script, and how much you know that what you're watching isn't a documentary, there is something in our brains <laughs> that make us view these things as facts. And it's very hard sometimes, unless you've really researched it somehow, for for yeah. you to turn that part of your brain off that just kind of drinks it all in.
0: I mean, this is, it's like when I watched this, um, I didn't, like when I watched it, I didn't think, oh, this is a notorious documentary. Sure. sure. I was just like, oh, here's another freaking special (laughs) that's, you know, that's got Tim Daly in it from Wings. And it's an interesting subject. Let's watch this. You know, like, I wasn't like, oh, this is this. This is, uh, you know, th- the stuff in here isn't real or is conjecture or whatever. So watching this, I, you know, I definitely got the feeling that cop, that this is pro-cop or that cops consulted on this in some way or something. But I did not, I did not think in my head, oh, uh, well, that, oh, Koresh never would have done that or whatever. You know, like, how would they know? How would they know he did that or whatever? Like, Right. It's it just, just seemed like oh here's the information they must have got from former members.
1: <laughs> sure. Right. Yeah, and, and I'm I'm glad I I saw it just because I remember. Um, I was fascinated with Waco whenever I was a a teen, just because it was such a dramatic thing to just see on the news for over a month. And, you know, the players in it seemed so clean. You know, you had this psycho locked up. <laughs> <laughs> and this giant inferno of an ending, like a, a movie. Um, So I would go and I would read, like, these endless transcripts from the people oh, who were gosh. trying to talk him down and from negotiators talking to Koresh. And it's just Koresh just endlessly, like, uh, spitting these revelations, yarns and the the negotiators trying to talk, like bring him back to releasing people um, which you can still listen to now, some of them have been released if you want to listen to that Honestly, how just, often, just
0: what oh, I was going to say, how often have you said something to to a very spiritual person and then they have responded with a quote from the Bible, a scripture from the Bible And it actually made sense to you why they quoted it.
1: (laughs) It's a small percentage. It's a really small (laughs) percentage.
0: You know, a little bit behind the scenes. I still am a Christian. So it's not like I'm like, I'm just saying like every time that he would. And I'm going to be seeing David Koresh someday. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. every time that he would quote a scripture to someone it was always some esoteric like like they'd be like you know why don't you stop doing this thing and he'd be like you know the snake bites the head of the underground <laughs> <laughs> And he would just i would be like, i don't understand what the ref what he's trying to pull here or whatever
1: yeah but i if feel you do like it that fast happens enough, all the time yeah, if you do it fast <laughs> enough and you f- if you sound confident enough, people go, "Oh, huh? I guess uh, if you do give a snake two loaves of bread, he will call you a mule or whatever." <laughs> yeah. Honestly, okay, at this it, point, now. just just take Revelation out of the Bible. It's caused I way know. more problems than it's ever he- has. It ever helped? It's never helped. It doesn't. It does. It's, it's what? Ca- what is it? Well, what does it afford people besides misinterpretation? Well, also, uh, I mean, we don't have to go too
0: deep into this, but also,
1: no, it, let's figure an, it out. Init- Jeremy, put the coffee on.
0: <laughs> initially, it wasn't even going like there was fighting over whether or not they should include it. Yeah. So like, they shouldn't have. like this was just an accident almost. <laughs> like oh whoops. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah you know the like, most I know the most
1: heavy metal monk demanded that they put it in.
0: <laughs> when we talk about um. The kinds of shows we want to do on here. Sometimes Zachariah uh, likes to sh- doesn't like to talk about the serious stuff as much, and I think that's a good instinct because the show should be light and fun <laughs> 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 for sure. But also. I secretly also wish this was a cult and satanic panic podcast. So I love when we do these because we get to have these. We really (laughs) sidestep the special and start talking about what I really want to talk about.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, for some reason, I didn't want to do the abused kids
0: podcast. (laughs) Uh, But no, I, I think... Once every couple, I think once every ten or so shows, I think it's okay to drop one of these in. Uh, I would say a recommendation. I think that yeah, I, this isn't. It's not take a, revelation. Uh, take revelation uh, out of the Bible. Yeah, yeah. Number one, take revelation out of the Bible. Number <laughs> two, this is good. This is okay. You know, this movie wasn't bad. Uh, no, but I think if you're like a, <laughs> yes, it friend. was bad. It was no, bad. It's the, propaganda. No, listen, listen, listen. Here's what I'm trying to say. L- let me get to this before. <laughs> this was okay. The movie was bad in terms of its what happened with it, and how. Why? What I'm saying is, is like if you are interested in the Waco story, no, as another wrinkle to this story of like seeing how we reacted to all of this,
1: yeah, including
0: TV's like I response to it. I think this I, is interesting information. You know, interesting media.
1: It's an interesting thing to watch in terms of like, okay, this is probably how the public ingested the information directly after the fact. I don't think yes, that this is a particularly... during. B- during, yeah. Uh, well, it was right
0: after it happened, right okay, after right. everything happened. But the, f- the, f- the fact that they filmed this during the tragedy, to yeah. me, means you should watch it to see how badly that turns out. <laughs> yes.
1: Although I don't think this is... I think that Daly's performance is, is pretty good. I I think this is a real it's so stop and start as a movie I don't even know if it's that entertaining to watch yeah the ATF well, yeah, scenes I, I are mean, rough
0: I mean if this wasn't based on a true story uh, this would be a, 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 a like a super snooze that's true I didn't mean to make a, a noise like I was gonna throw <laughs> up on the microphone
1: <laughs>
0: you you just pictured it being about like a fake fictional cult and you're like oh god <laughs> Well, there is a person Yeah, I was just going to say the only person who could make this movie actually uh, great would be like a P.T. Anderson or something.
1: I haven't seen the Waco series that's been made.
0: Um, Yeah, me me neither. I'll I'll possibly check that
1: out. Um, There is one person who wants to defend something that's been said in this podcast before we wrap up. Hold on one second. Okay, let's hear it. Okay, come on in. Hey, Nathan. <laughs> hey, hey, it's Stoney. Hey, man, I don't want to. I don't want to harsh anyone's buzz after this hilarious no. episode. Oh, but you were yeah. talking about how like Revelation should be taken out. That was <laughs> demanded by my great great ancestor brother Whoa. Theodore Stony. Who said, Are you? S- Dragons
0: in the Bible, and we're not going to have it? What's <laughs> this guy smoking? And could you have some of it? And could I have some? Now, could I, I want to. Dine, have St- some of it? <laughs> <laughs> could thine. Stoney. <laughs> Stoney. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is your. Uh, anything is your as your other friend here my, uh, filthy <laughs> no not na- nasty i thought oh yeah na- oh <laughs> not my cousin yeah <laughs> filthy <laughs> <laughs> what's filthy's last name <laughs> Barnabas <laughs> filthy Barnabas yeah, I knew I knew I had a hunch. <laughs>
1: All right, well, that was it. Bye.
0: <laughs> oh, he's gone. He's out the door. Love it. I always love it when Stoney uh, gets to take up the rear.
1: Do you, <laughs> hmm. Do you know what little I caboose, little yeah, caboose. Hmm. Do you know what I love is when people. Uh, rate, review and subscribe to this podcast Mm -hmm. because it certainly helps us out. We want to become the most popular podcast in the world. We want to be bigger than (laughs) Joe Rogan and we want to eventually spend our time in deprivation tanks and sell, (laughs) uh, vapes. So, uh, go do that on whatever device you listen to, whatever, uh, Mm -hmm. you plink and plunk and like and upvote to Mm -hmm. get us to rocket to number one. Um, so thank you all for listening. Thank you to producer Jeremy in the Golden Ox studios. Moo moo. I'm a golden ox and we will see Mm -hmm. you all next week. Bye. Bye.